In a world with too much pop culture to consume, one woman and one man will argue about it until they get bored. It's an epic battle between obsession and indifference, and the winner will determine, well, very little actually, Emily Jones and Eric Johnson star in Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob. Whoever wins, we're still losers. Welcome to Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob, the podcast where we argue about something one of us is totally obsessed with. And the other has never even seen. I'm Emily Jones. And I'm Eric Johnson. If this is your first time listening, you can find more Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob at gvnpodcast.com. And you can also find all of our past episodes on iTunes and Google Play. Today, we're listening to Steely Dan, specifically their 1976 album, The Royal Scam. Steely Dan consists mainly of musicians Donald Fagan and Walter Becker. I'm I'm surprised it's not a a Latin band with two guys named Steel and Dan, but anyway. Uh, Do you... After you're finished reading the script, I can tell you where the name comes from. Okay. Uh, They had their heyday in the 1970s. The pair is known for their cryptic lyrics, close harmonies, and intense devotion to perfecting their recordings, one reason the other band members change so often. This is their fifth album, but I don't have much to compare it to since I've never really listened to Steely Dan, ever. This is a big gap in my my musical uh, (laughs) education, and I know that you love this band. I've been aware of the fact that you love this band for a long time, but I just never got around to to bothering so fixing that today yeah um a lot of people kind of write them off or don't like them okay for a variety of reasons um partially because uh i don't think people know like all of their music as well they know like the biggest hits and they think there's the, the hits aren't very good that sort of thing yeah well and you know their their hits um tend to their hits that you hear played on the radio a lot, like have a pretty like adult contemporary, like even, even at times, especially as you get into like some of their later albums, like venturing into like almost sounding a little smooth jazzy, okay. mostly just cause there's like some heavy saxophone and stuff. <laughs> um, for me, and we'll get into this, uh, that's like some of the reason I like them because their music sounds like that, but their lyrical content is still definitely not in line with that sound, which again is something we'll discuss. But anyway, um, you know, I think, I think they sound like people think of them as sounding pretty lame. Yeah. But anyway. Okay. So l- l- I think let's, let's assume that I want to decide for myself rather than listening to what people on the internet say, uh, wh- wh- where do I find the Royal scam? The Royal Scam is available in all the usual musical places. Um, you can stream it on Spotify. I think you can stream it on Amazon. You can also, of course, download it on Amazon or iTunes, all that kind of good stuff. All right. So I'm going to go check this out. I'm going to listen to the whole album twice, which is what we did for Pet Sounds. And right. I strongly recommend uh, pulling up the lyrics as well, because, again, their lyrical content is one of their big things. That's um, the main and actually, Okay. Yeah, it's good to pay attention. And actually, they have... Um, they, I believe they have their lyrics up on their like official website. Okay, I'll check it so, out. So that should be easy enough. All right, so I'm going to go do that, and then uh, we'll talk about it after the break. While the music played, you walked by candlelight. Those San Francisco nights. 
Steely Dan from what was it 1975 1976 1976 Uh, we're gonna get to what I thought of the Royal Scam in a minute but first Emily why do you love this album so much as with everything we discuss it probably just goes without saying at this point many many reasons Uh, (laughs) but I'm gonna focus actually on something that I just mentioned in the introduction to this discussion which is uh, getting at their lyrics um, and their lyrical content Uh, you know People write songs about a lot of stuff. There's a lot of music written about a lot of different things. Um, but, you know, there's there's some some areas that are more heavily trodden than others. There are a hell of a lot of love songs. Yes. Songs about love and loss and relationships and, you know, having crushes on people and unrequited love. That whole territory is pretty, pretty well stomped. And, you know, people write a lot of songs about the state of the world or, you know, they write protest songs. They write about music and dancing. Um, People don't write a lot of, like, really specific historical narratives about San Francisco LSD kingpins. Uh-huh. Or about, you know, the, like, broken promise of coming to America as an immigrant. Or, oh, I guess a lot of people do write about that sometimes, but not quite in this way. Or about, you know, suicide by cop or all kinds of, like, I mean, there's I some... I think I know at least two of the songs you're referring there's, to there. <laughs> there's, some, there's some dark, twisted stuff happening in nearly every single song of this album. And it's not like I'm, like, somebody who necessarily, like, gravitates towards songs that are just about, like, dark, twisted stuff. But, like, I think it's just the, like, extreme specificity of all of it. And, you know, I'm a little bit of a sucker for for just, like, an, like, a weirdly specific narrative in a song that's, like, really well done, and... Well, so it, it might help for me to understand, so when did you first listen to this Oh, album? my God, my entire life. Possibly. Like, when you were a little kid, you were like listening possibly... to a song about, you know, like, like the, the a, a cheating lover and, like, uh, you know, these you know, people getting a divorce and then, like, the whole suicide by cop thing you just mentioned, like... Yeah, I, I, like, possibly in utero... Um, this is another one, which is, this is, this is turning into a little bit of a theme, I feel like on this podcast, uh, that my dad is really into Steely Dan. And so my brother and I really very much just kind of grew up listening to them. And the thing is like, as with anything, when you're a kid, you don't necessarily know specifically what stuff is a about. But you pick up on some of it probably well, by pick, repetition. You pick like. up on some of it. But I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think I became aware of like how dark some of this stuff is until I was more like in high school. Like with um, in the case of Everything You Did, for instance, the one that's about the cheating spouse. Like I'm sure mm-hmm. I have always gotten that that was about a cheating spouse. Uh, but um, like that little tw- that little twist at the end where the very gets, last line yeah yeah like, where it gets like a, where it gets like extra dark and it's like yeah oh, i wrote that down i know where babies at 
Right. It's like this isn't necessarily just like the the, you know, you wronged me sort of song. There's right, a lot of country jo- songs that are just like, oh, she she wronged me and I'm sad now. But this is like, oh, no, we're going to take this a step farther into. It's like um, a weird, like twisted kind of kinky interest in like what. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. It's super weird. I don't think I got that until I was a little bit older, but I do have a distinct memory of. Listening to, uh, listening to, oh no, you know what? Never mind. The distinct memory I was going to reference is from a different album. Okay. But from, I do have, <laughs> well, so I do have a distinct memory from a song from a different Steely Dan album of my dad being like to, you know, a nine or 10 year old Emily, like, so Emily, what do you think this is about? And sort of puzzling out like, hmm. And it was, really it was mean, similarly, yeah. similarly dark lyrical content and like, and that's part of the fun of it for me, though, is like, because it's not like sometimes when songs are about like intense stuff, they're also pretty obvious about that. And like exactly, these, yeah. you kind of have to like listen and read and kind of figure out what the hell they're even talking about, and which I find so, really fun. So, yeah, so I, I found um, we listened to this twice. And as we mentioned during the intro, uh, the second time, um, uh, so, so I listened with lyrics in front of me, but. I have to admit that I guess I had a bit of an unfair advantage compared to, you know, the entire lifespan of Emily Jones because <laughs> uh, the lyrics I chose to have in front of me were genius lyrics. Were, 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 um, it's the, the site, the formerly rap genius, or basically they, they annotate song oh. lyrics and they explain what stuff means. And so, uh, so yeah, so I had, I didn't, it, it didn't pop up by, by default. You have to click on it just to get the, like the definition or the annotation. But for most of these songs, I was able to kind of just quickly see at a glance, like, okay, does that mean what I think it means? And yep, it does. And here's some more detail and here's some history about the song. Well, that's um, good. Cause that actually kind of levels the playing field for this podcast discussion. Cause yeah, like, no, I've been this, researching that stuff for years. <laughs> yeah. It, it, so I didn't, well, the thing is that I didn't get the, the, maybe the same joy of like maybe connecting all the pieces you know like i feel like that's something that i do appreciate when i when i'm able to like come to that conclusion about a work of art on my own and in this case i just went for the the you know basically the cliff notes version but (laughs) yeah i mean i've i've like gradually looked a lot of it up over the years or like discussed with my dad like whether we can figure out what some of it is because some of and the thing is like some stuff they have no they have they have actually come out and said what they're talking about but in a lot of cases they are again they're sort of they're sort of notoriously like kind of cryptic and closed-lipped about a lot of it yeah so that well, that's the thing so let's go through maybe maybe through the album here so the first sure. song uh kid charlemagne my well my first reaction when i heard this song was like oh wow kanye sampled this song like that was that was pretty much my only like your your reaction oh, suggests that you don't know this you know what i feel like i have i feel like there's an anger somewhere in the back of my head where i remember that happening but i blocked <laughs> it out because i'm so much more familiar with this but i, feel I like had I no idea it's, it's just the one line Yes, I did. So I packed it up and brought it back to the crib. Just a little something, show you how we live. And, um, and that album, this, this was a year before you got to, we went to the same college. It's a year before your freshman year. And that album was everywhere. Like, that album was at every single, like, party you could possibly think of. That was the same album that had the Daft Punk song, Stronger. Um, mm-hmm. But then there's, the, but yeah, this is this was another song on that album called Champion. And, yeah, that, that one little line... Um, 
it, as soon as I heard that, and this I was like, oh wow, like <laughs> my my ears immediately perked up, and that was the first song. Um, that didn't happen with any other song. That was just kind of like that was the very first thing I, I noticed. Um, yeah, as I was they do. This. They do get sampled a fair amount. Like I hear, I hear Steely Dan like hooks periodically. Really, and stuff. I can't think of other specific examples, but there were there were head, like. But- I feel like there are a couple other lines in here, other sections where they sounded familiar. Maybe it's just like what you were saying at the end of Zombieland, where maybe I've like heard one or two of these songs kind of in the radio and just don't didn't realize maybe. they were stealing Dan. I don't most know. Most of these, most of these don't get much radio play. Um, hmm. You might have inadvertent. I might have inadvertently exposed you to some of them like they might sound familiar because like i would be listening to them around the newsroom that we both worked at in college background and i sort of was was working parties that i threw in college yeah (laughs) well you know i remember that actually happened with moulin rouge as well i remember you you were playing moulin rouge at one point in the newsroom (laughs) and i was like what the fuck is this (laughs) anyway uh back to steely dan um so anyway yeah the first time i listened to the song i just thought it was kind of a song about someone who was a champion or you know (laughs) <laughs> uh, but then when I pulled up the genius lyrics, I was like, oh, wow, there is a very deep and important historical story going on here in, the, in this oh, yeah. song. Owsley. Uh, Owsley, yeah. And which the Summer is of Love name, by the and way. LSD and yeah. getting caught because your car runs out of gas. Is there gas in the car? Yes, there's gas in the car. I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird because... Kit Charlemagne is a great song. Let me just say before we get into this, I really like this album. I thought I was, I really enjoyed it, uh, and I did enjoy the the lyrics and all that. I, I've, I very much uh, got into Steely Dan's whole sort of style um, with with these lyrics. Um, although I kind of enjoyed Kid Charlemagne the first time before I knew that it was about this this guy. I don't know. I kind of enjoyed it as a catchy, you know, like just a catchy rock song. <laughs> it is well, and that's I, you know, I, I touched on that in the intro. Um, that that's one of the things that that I I kind of dig about them is the way that like many of their songs are pretty catchy and pop friendly, especially songs on other albums. Like this mm-hmm. this album is is kind of pretty consistently like dark and cynical from beginning to end, and it it sounds that way. And some of their other songs, especially the ones that get a lot of radio play, are about like similarly intense dark stuff, but they sound like the kind of song that you just like hear in the hair salon, you know? Well, yeah, the, actually, I actually <laughs> felt that that way about a lot of the songs in the middle of this album. Mm-hmm. Jumping ahead a bit. So like, um, so the Fez and Green Earrings, I kind of felt like, eh, you know, these are very whatever songs to me. Like that's I didn't kinda, care for those as much. That's kind of how I feel about them too. I mean, like I, I enjoy them. I think they're great songs and like they're good catchy songs, but I, you know, I like, actively almost obsessively love every other song on this album and those two those <laughs> Did I two, single out the two that you don't like? <laughs> I don't I don't not like them. They're just yeah, sort yeah. of they're just they're they're kind of the I don't know, they're kind of the filler songs for me. Okay. Okay. You know, so, not not filler. Again, I still think they're good songs, but they're just they're not those are not the songs that are why I picked this album. So the, there is one song that Genius was completely helpless to, uh, or completely worthless to help me figure out, and I don't understand it after reading the lyrics on my own with my own eyes. Um, Sign in Stranger. Can you demystify that one for me? I 
I can. Uh, that's one that my dad and I have also discussed a fair amount of, like, what do we think is is going on here? I mean, uh-huh. a little similar to the royal scam, there seems to be some kind of coming to America sort of thing going on with it. Um, like some sort of, uh, sort of, hold on, let me pull up the lyrics. So I'm doing the same thing here and pulling just, up the lyrics. I mean, I know them, but just so I can specifically ref- reference them. Yeah, the first line is, have you heard about the boom on Mizar 5? Right, which is a star. I don't I don't know what that means. Yeah, exactly. So it made me think this is some sort of sci-fi, like, David Bowie type shit, but... <laughs> um, um, yeah, I don't know what the what the boom on Mizar 5 thing is about, um, but... The things the things that always kind of stick out to me from it are Do you have a dark spot on your pants? Leave it to my man, he'll fix it fast. Peppy has a Then in the next verse. Walk around collecting Turkish union dues. They will call you sir and shun your shoes. Yeah, um, I was totally like, what is that? So, so th- those two things combined, the thing about like, do you have a dark spot on your past, making your mugshot disappear, collecting sense, union yeah. dues, it, it's... To me, it sounds like it certainly sounds like you're getting involved with the criminal underworld, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he's got a scar from ear to ear. That sounds really sinister and sketchy. He mm-hmm. can make your mug shots disappear, which to me is like, uh, you know, erasing your criminal record, erasing you, your criminal you record. It. Or I have even wondered if it's like giving you a new identity, maybe even giving you a new face. Hmm. Scar from um, ear to ear, maybe like a, the face has been es- cut off, sort of like especially the "Be Born Again, My Friend" thing. It's like it, well, the zombie thing. I mean, the the idea of dying and then coming back to life, th- maybe faking your own death and becoming a new a new identity, a new person. Right. So, so the the best that I have been able to to guess is I think yeah, I think it's some kind of like you know we bury your criminal past and then you work for us in our kind of like mob underworld and maybe you start to rise in that world which is why they call you sir and shine your shoes and you know yeah. you start to become a little bit of a big shot and i guess i've just kind of inferred the the immigrant narrative onto that without really any evidence besides just like besides like that being a sort of a common a a common mo like early 20th century mode of you sure. know Escaping, escaping your past and, by coming yeah. to by coming to a new place where you can kind of rewrite your identity and rewrite yep. the social rules and start to climb. And I'm thinking of the flashback scenes in The Godfather Part Two. I, and... I was exact. I was thinking of exactly that of The Godfather right. Part Two. Yeah. Um, okay, so that, that that's helpful. And then like that's the best. That's the best I got. And none of that is like confirmed by them at all. That's just kind of like yeah, some educated guessing. Okay. And then we already talked about everything you did. And then, yeah, I, I, I think after Kid Charlemagne, I, I also really like the Royal Scam, the last song on the album. Um, oh, yeah. I, 
I, I, I, I like, well, first off, I like just how they bookended the, the album with that same style of having the chorus in the background kind of echoing, you know, not, not chorus in the sense of a song lyric chorus, but chorus, chorus. Um, singers. <laughs> singers, yeah. Yeah, and I like the way that, um, I like the way that the overall mood of the album lands really hard yes. in the Royal Scam. It's like, it takes this kind of, this kind of overall sort of, kind of a driving cynicism and it like kind of slows it way down and it's just like it, the beat lands really hard in it consistently and it's I don't know it just sounds like the end of this album you know I mean, so I, I have a couple questions, though. God, so it's really for... hard to talk intelligently about music. Like, none of that made any <laughs> sense. No, I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying. Like, it's... Well, I guess uh, part of the disconnect, or part of the the takeaway that I got from this song, um, I guess I'm just wondering, like, what is Steely Dan's connection to this story? Like, are they the children of immigrants? Were they immigrants themselves? Are they just sort of, you know, socially aware people who, who are, you know talking about this this long-standing how life is so difficult for, for for the immigrants i think they're storytellers okay so um they're, they're kind of like you know sort of i guess like like west side story in a way kind of like hey here here's i mean that's know. definitely what what you know the song feels like is but that's kind of what the song is about you know it's yeah. like yeah it's like it's america like america but really dark <laughs> yeah exactly yeah um yeah no i think I think just based on the kind of, like, breadth and depth of the stuff that they get into in this album and, like, all other albums, like, I don't know. I think I think they're just, they're just storytellers, and they seem to specifically tell, like, like kind of fucked up stories. Yeah. And, and... It, and that's true the, of all of their albums? True stories. Um, I mean, not, I'm not gonna say every single song is... Sure is some kind of really dark, twisted narrative. But well, uh, yeah, so, okay, I so... can't think of a single, like, I can't, to, to go back to, like, what I was saying before about, like, the common themes that music treads, I can't think of a, I can't think of a straight love, a straight love song that yeah. Steely Dan does. You know, there's always something, there's always something weird or, or dark or, like, kind of one-sided and delusional or or something is something is happening it's never it's never you know the the lovely youthful simplicity of i want to hold your hand like that's oh, yeah. not a thing <laughs> but yeah so this is certainly not i want to hold your hand but um <laughs> the fez like what what's what's the what's the twist in the fez the, i mean this seems kind of like a jam in me it seems me. it's kind of a jam yeah okay um i think and i don't know if this is God, and I don't even want to say it because I don't know if it's true, and I can't remember where I read it. Um, but I read that the Fez is like referencing condoms, which is super weird to me and makes no sense. There was a comment about that on Genius. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a common thing, and I don't know where it came. I, I'm trying. I'm looking up right now where it came from. Um, but I had never heard that. I noticed that, but I just like had never heard of it, so it didn't really like. That's a thing that I've read and I'm trying to 
track down a like a citation for it. Um, that's but yeah, that's that's the only thing that I've ever heard that like says anything about that. Although again, even with that, like like what the hell is the point of that? Like it's still yeah, it's still just kind of a jam. I think it's just like a good jam. So yeah, according to the not necessarily reliable website steelydandictionary.com <laughs> it it says in an uncharacteristic bout of transparency Becker and Fagan have admitted that fez in the context of the song is intended as a slang term for condom and it's not too hard to imagine why okay um, so that actually the more telling thing about what you just read says to me that people have questioned them about their lyrics and they've refused to play ball like they've refused to oh, talk totally. about okay so that makes it even more interesting in a way the fact that Obviously, they know that they're writing lyrics that are somewhat opaque, but that they, they, they are, like, actively, you know, encouraging people to go and go and figure it out on their own. That they're, not, that they're not the ones who are supplying explanations for things. Yeah, you know? they don't really, they don't really, like, expound on their songs very much. Yeah. That I'm aware of. And again, I don't, the thing is that that's from this website, which is, like only of limited use because like well according to the similarly reputable site urbandictionary.com <laughs> a fez is another name for a condom kind of like a fez but for your other head so oh, something uh-huh. you, yeah there you go and then, then the, the citation is the lyrics to the fez by steely dan this entry was written by a user named zed leplin and has more dislikes than likes so who knows if yeah. any of it is true <laughs> yeah um okay so then what about caves of altamira like, oh god, I love that song. I, I enjoyed it, but I kind of was like, because I'm now seeing this album through the through through a veil of, of you know of of darkness and fucked upness. Like I'm kind of like <laughs> second guessing. Like was there some really dark twist to that song that I didn't get? It it's not super dark. It's just I mean I've always heard it as just kind of like a loss of childhood innocence and wonder, kind of. Uh huh. So the caves of Altamira, if you looked it up or genius supplied it for you, <laughs> you know they're one they're one of those like sites of famous ancient cave paintings, um, and like so one of the first places or one of the oldest like known places of of uh, like cave paintings, I think that would that have been found. Right. So so I've always you know heard it as basically like this kid grew up with that like somewhere nearby and just like used to go to them. And as a little kid, he just thought it was like incredible and thought they were like the most like wonderful, vivid renderings and like had like that they told this whole story of this whole world and everything. And then he went back as an adult and they looked like shitty scribbled drawings. Oh, now I got to pull up the lyrics again and, and <laughs> see the, uh, the, the, the second part that you're referring to. Cause that, if that's the case, it didn't connect with me. Can it be? Okay. So yeah, yeah. so that's 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 by by compared to the rest of the album, that's pretty light. But uh, there's still there's still yeah, a story there. There's still a twist. Yeah, and it's still well, and it's not you know it's not necessarily that everything has has a twist. I mean, right, the yeah, way that the way the that word. like everything you did has like a twist. Most of them, I think, are just telling sort of well, and Haitian divorce has a twist too. Um, most of them, uh, I think. I'm sorry, are... don't you mean Haiti and divorce? <laughs> sorry, I, I I wrote that down as soon as that song came on. <laughs> So we should just tell the Hadians to come. We can <laughs> haul ass to the kitchen, move everything around a little bit. Anyway, clueless anyway. reference. Yeah. 
Uh, sorry, you were about to say about the Haitian divorce. Oh, Haitian divorce also has like a sudden last line twist to it. But most of them, I think it's not so much that they have a twist, just as that they're twisted, you know? Yeah. And this one, it's not really twisted. It's more just kind of, you know, cynical and like you grow yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. It's the cynicism. You, it's sort of the, the change of perspective that came yeah. with being older, maybe. Yeah. That, I mean, I don't, there might be something more going on. That's how I've always read it, heard it. Well, what's what's along the... To it. Okay, so so you just mentioned Haitian divorce. The last line being, uh, what 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 is what is the the ending to Haitian divorce that you're referring to? Some babies grow in a later who's this kinky so-and-so okay okay so and that's another one where like haitian divorce is not a thing and like like that phrase doesn't mean anything. yeah like they coined it it's like not a haitian divorce doesn't actually like refer to a common thing the way that like you know sorry i hate to say this but it's the first thing that pops into my head like irish twins is like a super common place phrase for siblings who are born so close together like they're pra- like they're practically twins i'd never heard of that seriously never heard okay. of that in my life well you've never heard of it but irish twins is a really common phrase if you were to google it like I you see. would get I lots get and lots of results if you google haitian divorce it's like it doesn't mean anything it's just like they came up with it okay um so basically uh my understanding of the song is like this couple like gets married in a fit of passion and mm-hmm. then they like it's tumultuous and they fight and have, you know, this sort of crazy angry passion. And so she runs off to Haiti, gets blackout drunk and hooks up with some dude. Right. Dude with and, kinky hair. Or then... is blackout drunk. So maybe we take the agency out of the hooks up with some dude. And um, then they reconcile. But, oh, wait, she's pregnant with a quote unquote kinky so-and-so. Yeah. Okay. Um, but <laughs> Sorry, this is just going to be depressing because all of the answers to the questions are depressing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the music, but the music is like really like it's so precise and great, though, right? Okay. Well, I I, I guess no. I did feel like the lyrics. I did really get get into the lyrics. A lot of the music blended together for me, with the exception of Kid Charlemagne and the Royal Scam. Like I feel like maybe if I listened to it another time, I'd pick it out more. But I. Um, yeah, I think that's often true when you listen to something and it's pretty new. It's like, and if it's, especially if you're listening to it all as part of the same album and and it's new. Like, I found that sometimes I appreciate songs more when I hear them either on the radio, among other stuff, or on shuffle in my music library. You know, right. Again, among other stuff, where I'm able to sort of zero in on, oh, okay, this song is by this band, and this is how they sound. That's different from how that other band sounds. Whereas this is sort of more of a continuum, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, so I think I've mostly run out of lyrics here, <laughs> uh, with the exception of uh, the "Don't Take Me Alive," which story seems pretty uh, pretty straightforward. But as far as I know, I think it's yeah. pretty straightforward. Um, but I, I guess the... that would be this. That's the suicide by cop one that I referenced when I was talking. Yeah, yeah, earlier, exactly. Obviously. Um, I guess the only question I have there, and I think I know the answer, is it sounds like this guy killed his father. He when he says he crossed his father, like I have no idea. Okay. I'm a bookkeeper's son. I don't want to shoot no one. Well, I crossed my own land back in Oregon. Don't take me alive. So I kind of read that as, like, you know, him, like, saying, like, I don't want to shoot anyone, but I already did once. Like, I already shot this one guy. 
Um, yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I that's the thing is like, and a part of the reason, part of the thing with them like never commenting on stuff is like yeah. it leaves a lot of it open for interpretation. I mean, I don't know whether he uh, killed his dad or not. I will say like, I don't know. The character in this one is definitely like they're not obviously they're not really rational. They're like a they're like a crazy desperate person waving a gun around. So like. Yeah. You know, they're, and they've got uh, a case of dynamite or, or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, um, and I, you know, they're they're not necessarily trustworthy. Like, do they really have a di- a case of dynamite? Like, could they hold out or are they like going crazy? They're hysterical. Like, you know, because yeah. again, they're they it's it's you know a hostage situation. Yeah. Okay. Scary stuff. So I, I guess the big question I have for you is sort of like since I enjoyed this album, like. Where do I go from here? Like, what what do you think is the 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 next step for 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 Steely oh, Dan for the, the next one I should listen to? Ah, uh, well, I struggled hard enough with <laughs> figuring you on the spot out there. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I, I I struggled a lot with figuring out what one we should even listen to for this. Um, and I I landed on the Royal Scam basically just uh by like sheer percentage of um songs I totally love on the album from beginning to end. Yeah. Um, you know, cause it, it really pretty much the Fez and green earrings are the only ones that I'm kind of like, whatever. Yeah. About, um, hmm. yeah, even though I didn't understand sign in stranger, I still really enjoyed that song. So yeah, yeah. it's, it's a really good song. Um, kind of, kind of reggae esque in a way. Almost. Um, yeah. I mean, oof. There's so many directions you could go in, like depending <laughs> on what you're like, what you're into about it. Um, I would say that I would say that thematically, countdown to ecstasy probably hues closest to again, like thematically in terms of in terms of like lyrical content. Like yeah. like countdown to ecstasy is another one that's like some some weird shit going on um especially uh-huh. and that's the one actually that has the song that i was referring to before that uh i was the saying you know my my dad like out. yeah that my dad like presented to me as like a puzzle like now listen to the lyrics of this song and like <laughs> come up with like what yeah what you think it's about um i mean i i would say really you you can't go wrong especially with their albums from the 70s okay um well, and they yes. they pretty much so they pretty much released like uh they pretty much released an album a year from seventy two to like I want to say seventy eight, and then it took them forever to get together their nineteen eighty album Gaucho because they were like fighting and being really perfectionist about it, and then that was wow. their last album for a long time. Um, and I mean Gaucho Gaucho was good too. Like honestly, you can't go wrong with their their kind of original run of albums. Um, my personal preference, as I was saying, uh. In terms of lyrical content, Countdown to Ecstasy, like, gets it, gets it some more of this, like, weird nonsense going on. Uh Uh-huh. Um, I mean, you can't really go wrong with their debut album either, which is Can't Buy a Thrill. And that's one where, uh, I think you said the only song of theirs you knew is Ricky Don't Lose That Number? Yeah. I think if- At least the only one that I, that I know that I know. Right. I think if you were to listen to Can't Buy a Thrill, you would probably find- somewhere between one and three other songs that, like, you... Okay. You, like, you definitely know. Because <laughs> um, at least two, maybe three of their, of their like, major, like, well-known songs that's on the radio still constantly. Yeah. 
Okay. Basically, I'm I'm all but naming all of their albums right now is what I'm doing. <laughs> well, you said in, in the intro, though, something my... I didn't totally understand, that something you said in the intro about, like, adult contemporary and kind of what they get dinged for by, by critics. Yeah, so um, not all of their stuff is quite as rock rock soundy it doesn't count sound quite as rocky as as the royal scam does um like i don't know one might argue that can't buy a thrill which is their debut album hues a little closer to pop although i i mean it's it's fantastic i love it um anyway but and then you know um their later albums like asia which is a j a Okay. Is how it's spelled. And um, Gaucho, which, unless I'm mistaken, are their last two albums of, like, their original being a band. Okay. And those get uh, more... They get, they sound less like rock. And, like... And the thing is that, ultimately, what's what's really going on is that they, they sort of defy genres. Like, you can hear them... And just, I mean, and just if you go by, like, what radio station formats play them, mm-hmm. like, y- you might hear them on your local classic rock station. You might hear them on your local, like, soft rock station. Yeah, well, that's, that's you, where I've heard Ricky Don't Lose the Number is on right. the bridge, which is Sirius's, I think it's, like, 70s folk rock and mellow classic rock, something, some some weird combination there. Right, and, and you know, you might hear them on... Uh, like almost on like a weirder, you know, jazz like not like a kind of a smooth jazzy kind of a thing because because they get yeah. more saxophony, but like the music remains really good throughout and the lyrics remain good and you know creepy throughout and that that's what I that's what I was saying before about the notion that like I don't know I kind of love it because I love the fact that especially some of their later stuff you know musically sounds totally appropriate to play in like to hear it in like the hairdresser or like some some little you know lovely ladies shop that's playing a radio station that's playing you know some of the like slower elton john and like (laughs) and like other other stuff of like kind of that that side of the 70s as opposed to like the right, rock sort of side background of the 70s. music sound to some of the tracks yeah. totally except that if you listen to the lyrics you know right. the song <laughs> that sounds like it's a sweet love song is actually you know about a dude who like delusionally thinks he's found the love of his life but she's a prostitute like you okay, know then. well i mean just, that's kind just of a, as similar, an, just as an example that's kind of a similar thing to um Oh, what a night! By by uh, the the four was it Ricky Valley in the Four Seasons, something like Frankie that. Ricky Valley, um, where where people think that it's just about like you know you know some people get to the point where okay this is a guy losing his virginity, but then <laughs> if you really listen, he's losing his virginity to a prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I have never listened to that song that hard. Yeah, um... right. But it's like but it's like a fun dance song that people play at weddings. Exactly. Uh, or, or or actually, I've, I'm realizing this is the thing that I actually really enjoy about a lot of music. Uh, Born in the USA, people played it Fourth of July, thinking right, that because they a think it's patriotic, song. and it's actually about like 
Vietnam and about like the government like you know turning its back on American troops. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and similar thing, Fortunate Son. Uh, exactly. Which, uh, is is about the draft and about like you know the the rich getting off, getting free of the draft. Like there's all sorts of songs. Yeah, where the Grateful Dead. They are great rock songs if you if if you don't listen to the lyrics, and if you do, you, they're all, they're still great rock songs. But you you begin to question your own politics and your own beliefs. <laughs> yeah, or question you know why a political candidate is using this song when it's clearly like directly against their policies um well, i think i think it was it was reagan who used I, born, born in the, the usa, USA yeah. and then bruce like got in touch with them and said like uh yeah. maybe reconsider maybe maybe listen <laughs> but no like it's and that's yeah uh, these these songs to, to to return a little more specifically to steely dan but they you know they do several things that like tug at little things that i really like i mean I really like that when, like, you think you're listening to one kind of song until you actually listen, <laughs> and it's like, whoa, you're really, like, subversively sneaking some shit in Yeah, I, th- I think if I if I keep on going with more of their discography that I might, like, give myself a bit longer of a leash before I check the genius lyrics so that, like, <laughs> you know, listen to it once, then put it into the rotation and shuffle, you know, it's kind of, it, let it casually seep into my brain a little bit more, and then go and find out what I've been listening to the whole time, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, hey, I mean, if you want to, uh, if you want to have the true Emily Jones raised on Steely Dan experience, um, <laughs> try that with, the, with King of the World, it's the last track on countdown to ecstasy okay it's it's a good one for that because you can puzzle it out um but anyway you know that kind of thing and you know i also like i really like songs that are like like very specifically historic narratives you know like i'm a big fan of a song that's like for it doesn't really need to but it totally is about like some little piece of history like i love that yeah uh this is one more thing that i wrote down that uh, genius had had pointed out to me which is that in the um, the uh, the everything you did song, where it references the Eagles about putting on the Eagles so the neighbors won't hear us, or whatever yeah. it is. Uh, <laughs> ha- how then apparently the Eagles heard that and then put Steely into Hotel California. They stab it with their Steely knives um, as a little rebuttal. Which I, as someone who's listened to Hotel California a million times, like I never knew that that was a reference to Steely Dan. I thought it was just the Eagles being the <laughs> Eagles, you know. Yeah, well, and I do, I will say, um, this is, this is, like, such a minor thing, but I would quibble with rebuttal. Um, okay. You know, I would, I would call, I would call, uh, you know, I hope Neil Young can remember Southern Man Don't Need Him Around right, anyhow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I would a call that a rebuttal. This okay, is yeah. more of just, like, a, just, like, a mutually appreciative shout out, I think. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like how the, uh, the Beatles put Welcome the Rolling Stones on the cover of Sgt. Pepper's, that little, the little doll that has the shirt that says, Welcome the Rolling Stones. <laughs> um, and then in a few, a later album, the Rolling Stones put, like, Beatles are nice guys, or something like that in the corner. Yeah, of just like a albums. hey. All right. Well, I think I think I'm out of thoughts. Unless you have anything else. Uh... <laughs> no, no. I think uh, I think I'm good. I think you should continue your Steely Dan journey in any yeah. direction that it might take you. I will Although you know I don't, I don't recommend uh, their albums after they got back together in the 2000s. Oh, that is. I am good to know. not a fan. I am not a fan of Two Against Nature at all. Okay. That's, that's or yeah, that's their album. It was like their first album that they released in like twenty years or something, and it was I did not like it. Between the uh, the Zombieland TV pilot and that album, I feel like we could have a spinoff podcast about us being haters on stuff. You know, <laughs> hater versus mega noob. But anyway, if we're all done with Steely Dan, Eric, uh, what are we going to do next time? 
Uh, we are going to continue the trend of not watching a movie or a TV show. Next time, we're going to be reading a book. Reading? Reading, I know. It's so intellectual. No, it's not. This book is very pulpy. This is a very, like, light read. Um, it doesn't sound like it'll be a light read. It's called Machine of Death. No, that doesn't um, sound like a light read at all. But it is. It's, it's a bunch of short stories, and some of the, some of, well, some of them are incredibly depressing, but some of them are very funny. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty fast read. All right. I am looking forward to it. Yes. Uh, until then, Emily, where else can we find you on the internet? I am on Twitter at EJ Reports. And I'm on Twitter at HeyHeyESJ. This is Giant Geek versus Mega Noob. Signing off. This has been Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob. For more, visit GVNPodcast.com.